Welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith Denny, and I'm joined here with Aaron Land. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Tim Malloy. How's it going? So um, today we're here to talk about um, Jordan Peele's newest movie in the Pillarverse um, <laughs> called Us. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have already seen it. If not, I would suggest you to turn this podcast off right away. Quickly watch the <laughs> and go movie. buy a ticket. Buy a ticket, yeah. Quickly watch this movie because there are going to be plenty of spoilers in our review today. And um, so, yeah, that there it is. So, so let's start with. Um, so, what do you guys overall think? Like, starting with you, and you. I know you just just recently saw it, right? Like yesterday. No, I saw it like. I think the yeah the film closed about three hours ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it's still pretty fresh for me. Yeah. Um, you mean like just overall impressions? Like, what do you mean? like, what's your overall impressions? Like, so for me, I would say like just mm-hmm. to say like whether I enjoyed the movie a lot. I I really did enjoy it. I didn't know how I would feel like going into it, and I I also had this anxiety of feeling like man, I I really hope this movie doesn't suck, you know? Because Get Out was so good, right? <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's always that anxiety when you when you when you like a uh, I guess an artist piece of work and it's it's good and then they come out with this second this sophomore thing and you like man I really hope this is good and I actually after I watched us I went back and watched Get Out and and honestly personally I I actually enjoyed us a little bit more than I did Get Out now I think about it so that's pretty impressive yeah I mean for me but that was like. After I'm talking about right after I saw us, I went back and all watched Get Out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're, they're kind of different movies in a sense, but at the same time, of course, very similar. Um, very similar as far as being an allegorical film, as far as in American society. One I think focusing more on race, and the other one more focused more on um, social standards, uh, social hierarchy. So, anyway, like you said, you just finished watching it. What did you think? So, I made the mistake of looking at Rotten Tomato before I went into the film. Yeah. And, well, because, you know, sometimes the, the the ratios match between, you know, the critics and, and the general audience. audience. Yeah. <laughs> and it, right now it has a 94% for critics and a 70 with audiences. Right. <laughs> that was interesting to me. That made me feel like the movie was probably going to be better than I thought. Mostly because either, so I felt like there was going to be something that maybe people didn't get. Like, I, I didn't do any social media. I did my best to avoid spoilers. I went into the movie blind, just trying to see what was going to be up, and I ended up really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I still don't know that I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely felt like I, I caught early on where it was going. Because uh, I'm very much into science fiction, doppelganger kind of stuff. And you, when these kind of movies, you always had to have that that reveal at the end that somebody's there who shouldn't be. Uh, but I had a feeling while watching it, and I feel much stronger about it now. When I saw the end, I was like, there are two people there who are not supposed to be there. And there's some theories that out down and make it seem like, oh, okay, it's probably a strong case for it. So anyway, long story short, love the movie. Um, some parts I thought were stronger than others, uh, but overall, I, I think this is definitely a strong sophomore um, release by Jordan Peele, as far as like his kind of, as you put the Peele verse. It, it's pretty solid, man. I really enjoyed it. 
So, yeah. what, what about you, Tim? Loved it. 10 out of 10. I never <laughs> say 10 out of 10. I really, really <laughs> dug it because it works as you're watching it. It works as you're thinking about it later. It works as you're memifying it over the... I'm sure we'll be memifying this for years and years and years. There's just so many levels to it and so many ways to watch it. I'm actually really excited to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. And um, Tim was the lucky one to see it like a week in advance, so (laughs) you kind of already told us that it was good, so it kind of brought up our expectation, you know, real high. So we was like, okay. And he goes, hey, guys, it's real good. And I was like... No, don't you do this to me, Tim. Yeah. I'm not like, I didn't even say anything after that. I was like, whatever, I'm not responding. Yeah, I did too. I don't, I, just... I don't like when people do it to me when they're like, this movie's great, you're going to love it, because I never love it. I'm always like, my expectations are too high. Yeah. I'd rather people tell me it sucks and be surprised. But this one, I was confident enough to say, this is really, really good, and you're really going to like it. Because yeah. I, I don't know how you can not, I don't know how you can get it at all and not like it. Yeah. No, well, but that's part of the thing. You could possibly not get it at all and walk out like that was stupid <laughs> yeah. there well, are some things in this movie that they they really require you to pay attention uh and and if you don't get it i could i could definitely tell you like this movie doesn't make any sense yeah they, i think um one thing in comparison to get out i feel like in certain ways get out explains itself a lot more than us um yeah explain that because to me there's a lot more exposition than us but well, what do you mean by that when I mean explains itself, like, that was never, like, when I watched Get Out, I was never in one way or another, like, I guess, I guess, like, lost. And even with us, I wasn't completely lost, but I was like, uh, I could see how people can be confused by this movie, right? Um, but me, me, myself, as an audience member, I pretty much caught on to the plot uh, and what was going on, I guess, midway through it. Whereas, like, with Get Out, it's kind of... You, you gotta, you get a better feel in the explanation of like what's going on. Um, there's not too much of like who did this, like why did they do this type of deal. Whereas us, there's there's a lot of things that's opened up for you to try to figure out like um, who actually made these doppelgangers. Why did they make them? You know what I'm saying? Then we find out later on that the whole nation is being attacked by. Um, copies of themselves like what isn't you, that interesting by the way that was, that's what i'm saying that was very interesting like that took a turn that i did not see coming and we only saw that the first time we see it coming is when with the family the white family that they're friends with get murdered by their copies and they get taken out quickly oh i didn't now like, okay but but <laughs> i think that happens there's some interesting stuff about that because like i think the reason they were taken out so quick there's no relationship yeah, you know, what I mean? uh-huh. like so to them, those are just like their shadows or whatever. Like, because that's how they would describe them at first as shadows. Then the thing you got to remember is with the with Ad was it Adel- Adelaide? Adelaide Adelaide Yeah, so she wants revenge on her shadow or her tether, which is why she goes out the way to tell them to basically toy with the family before doing whatever you're gonna do with them. And I thought that was an interesting contrast mm. you know, for her to have her shadow family act out things in, in the way that, that they did. Yeah. Um, and, this, and, and normally with horror films, you don't see, like, it, it's an isolated thing that happens. So, like, there might be a Jason thing that happens, but, like, 
the nation doesn't learn about Jason. It's like, you know, isolated. He's not going off and like terrorizing cities, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and to see something like that, where it's not like a kaiju situation, but like it's a horror thing that's inflicting or, or impacting the entire uh, or in some sense like a very macro scale attack of some kind. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it definitely has opened the door for sequels. Yeah, it definitely yeah, I, does. I thought it was really cool that it works as just a movie about, you know, your doppelgangers attacking you, and it's just a weird slasher movie on one level, and it works great as a slasher movie, if you want to just read it that way. And I've also never seen a horror movie where a whole family attacks or is attacked. That was a good, well, I guess Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little bit. Kind of, but yeah. other than that, um, I've never seen like a whole family versus a whole family. That was a cool twist. And even if the movie had just ended there, that would have been enough. Like it could have just been them versus their doppelgangers. The fact that he keeps going into like the Tim Heidecker, Elizabeth Moss family, and then it extends into the whole world, and then you get this whole conspiracy theory of how the others were created is just like it's just so much fun. And I don't feel like they answered it completely or wanted to answer it completely and I like that. What? You know one other thing I thought that was really interesting just as is this wasn't completely explained and I'm this is me just theorizing about something. One thing that actually happened and the second thing is like did this happen? I think the kids who are half tethers can control like in the same ways that like a human being like the reg, the original person can control the tether or the tether has to do with the original human said or is doing. I think half tethered children can control the other side. What's a half tethered child? I'm confused. So, so for example, uh, okay, because so, Jason is Adelaide's son, he yeah. has some of her tethering powers. Yeah, and so, but I do think the daughter displayed it too. We just didn't understand what we were looking at. Remember how, like, when they were both next to the car, and then the way she moved. The tether would move. Oh, yeah, because they like the tether stopped doing that. Yeah, because they really like puppets in a sense. Well, they they marry each other. Yeah, they marry each other. And Um, I think both sides can actually control each other. mm -hmm. But it just depends. Like, actually, what I'm pretty sure happened too is, um, then this is what I meant by like the second person who's faking the funk as being a an original person. I think Jason is a tether. That's the son. You know what? I think I think Gabe has power over his tether too, or not his doppelganger, because at one point, remember, he hits his own head on the boat, and then Abraham. I think Abraham's the the underground version, right? I can't remember which. It's hard for me to remember the names. Cause, yeah, yeah, you. Because right. no, no, Pluto, Pluto is the doppelganger. Well, he's the doppelganger um, from so the underground. Gabe, Let's put it like this. Pluto's from the underground. Jason is the No, he talk he's talking about the, the dad character. Oh, 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 okay. My so bad, it's my Abraham Winston, is the underground. Duke. Uh-huh. Yeah. Abraham is yeah, the underground. Yeah, yeah. Winston Duke's Gabe hits his own head on the boat, and then the other guy, um, who I think is named Abraham, his double goes under. Mm-hmm. Like he he did it on purpose. And I didn't you know what's funny? Because I did honestly, that was one thing that did confuse about to me. I was like, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. But then, if that's the if he did control him, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And how did he figure it out? Like that was the crazy. I think it was thing. by mistake. Yeah, I think he figured it because it's all these little <clears> bitty <throat> things that happened in his scene that like it's hard to pick out because he was remember he like he's he's slowly opening the, the thing up. 
he noticed that his that the rope had gone over his foot. Like it, it was like little bitty things that would happen. I'm like, I'm not sure if he's somehow impacting this on purpose or if these things are just kind of happening. And that you saying like the way his doppelganger got died, it's not like he forced him down with his arm. He just kind of jerked like this one way. And I was like, I wonder why he did that because it's not like his doppelganger took his head and like brought it down. But maybe that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That would make sense. Me, it's fun so to try fast. to figure out the rules. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask y'all a question. So, um, when when Adelaide was when the family first meet their um, doppelgangers, the tether versions of themselves, and they ask them, "So, um, who are you? Like, who are you guys?" And she she responds that they're American. What did y'all did y'all What did y'all get out of that? Like that particular scene or that that line. I didn't think we that seems kind of or that hurts. That line is important to understand a lot of stuff that happens after that, mm-hmm. or at least like allegorically what they're asking us to take from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of it's weird because you see, you see us and you're like, oh, okay, it just means us, but then that could be United States also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like right there, like some of the symbolism is like so straightforward. It's like, oh, duh. But, uh, or even like the fact they had these red jumpsuits on, I saw some people talking online, how they were saying that could be redlining. And I was like, damn, that's clever. Can you explain redlining? Redlining is like the, um, uh, how you want to put it? It, it, It's a uh, purposeful uh, placement of resources in certain communities versus others. And it's like in Chicago where they would call it redlining when they would be like, the projects are over here, the suburbs are over here, do not cross that red line. Right. And so in that way, they would represent kind of a, kind of a social strata uh, in the United States and how, you know, so for example, when the doppelganger switches places, she basically can, you know, she has the advantage she has what the original, so to speak, had. And then when the original is stuck with, with the people, you know, with all the red jumpsuits and just imitating what everybody else is doing, she just is a product of her environment at that point. But then she wants to come get revenge and take back what she feels like is hers. Yeah, so with that, with the scissors um, be what cuts the red line? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure what the scissors oh, represent. Wow. Golden scissors, golden parachute, golden... I don't know. There's a lot of things you can take with that. Everybody's scissors are gold. Yeah. And that doesn't seem by accident. I just don't know what it means yet. It has a meaning I don't either. I... Go ahead. No, I was just saying it has to mean something. I just think it's just over our heads right now. I thought the scissors were paper dolls. Like the one you when you cut out one figure on... In a piece of paper and like spread it out and get the paper dolls that are all identical. I thought that was oh, sort yeah, of her attempt. She did do that. Yeah, and she wants to recreate Hands Across America because that's what Hands Across America looks like. And I thought oh. the two the two sort of formative pop culture memories she has before she goes under are Michael Jackson, you know, wearing red, single wearing glove. one glove, yeah, yeah, and then the other is Hands Across America. So I thought those sort of became her model for like this is what I'm going to do when we carry out our big plan above ground. But um, I like the red line theory, and I like the scissors breaking the red line theory. That's really oh, good. Check this out, though. I was looking up um, just just basically like what scissors mean, and they pulled up something about like what scissors mean in dreams. So um, they say spiritually, scissors can mean can have two meanings. 
They can cut the thread of life, but can also represent unity and the coming together of the spiritual and the physical. So, which is which is Damn. pretty interesting Damn. because like we we also hear the the tethered or the red version of Adelaide um, mention how the people were able to clone and make copies of people, but they were not able to replicate the soul. Right. So both people mm-hmm. contain two souls. So, but isn't that similar to to Get Out? So yeah. that's what's actually yeah, that kind of interesting. This movie is not a sequel to Get Out, but in in the Get Out films, what happens is two souls. So instead of having separate bodies, like the two souls are one. <clears throat> yeah, and they reside in the same body, but one's dominant over the other. One is in the back seat. Right, but it can't impact anything. Now, in the in this <clears throat> film, what happens is the two. I don't know who you call them. It's not a soul, whatever the the te- or at least like the way they define it. They've been able to clone people somehow when they are somehow just out in the world, and but the thing is, like those exist as like two separate entities, though. Like they actually can even impact the physical world. Both can impact the physical world, but it has to be like the only way they can actually like meet each other is something like really weird and circumstantial happening. Like what the fact that like Adelaide happened to be near some stairs, it did some other stuff. They went up and went down like it about the same way. That's what allowed them to meet. Yeah, and it generally would happen. It happened to this time. Now the thing is, once they have almost like a virus in the system, something that's there that shouldn't be there, maybe that somehow impacts their ability to evolve and then do more than what they normally would do, where they only solely did the exact thing that the original person was doing. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a good theory. I think also, to add to that, I think it's more like, so if you're thinking from a, I guess a metaphysical, spiritual point of view, human beings exist of three uh, three separate entities, which is the mind, the spirit, and the physical body, right? So I'm thinking when it comes to the tethers, they're just mind and, and body. And I see so, what you're saying. And okay. so like they, they're able to, through, through the actions of what the surface people do, mimic that because the, through the mind and through the body, but the difference that that made the the Adeline that was the tether is like you said there was a situation that brought them together and she was able to see a mirror version of herself. So that clicked in her in her mind to be like, I can replace this version of me. Mm-hmm. And she and she left that version of her underground. And over time, because we see um, also which which I thought that was interesting how everything kind of come full fledged while you understand why she didn't talk as a child and she just learned to mimic being a human now you know what so i I do want you to tell your points but this is where i want to bring jason being a tether in remember how so the first time i thought something was off was that i get that adeline might be too square to like snap properly but i was like that looks weird but then it was like if you notice jason snapping at the same pace and rhythm yeah and I was like, that's fishy as hell. He couldn't remember a trick he did last year. I was like, that's fishy as hell. Then they kept talking about how he was using words that he wasn't using. And I was like, that's kind of weird, too. 
But then the thing that was really throwing me off is he's the only one who doesn't get violent with his other self. And I didn't totally. And I was like, oh, that's oh. weird as hell. I was like, why would he, he, though? Because we know he has a tendency to wander off. Well, he, it seems like they switched at some point. It's unclear when that might have happened. But remember, the other thing that's like really, really intense, if you really remember, she says to Jason, you stick with me, I'll keep you safe. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say to both. <laughs> she says specifically to him, you're actually not my birth child, but you know what's down there. If you, you stick with me, I'll keep you safe. You know, another thing not not a, that kind of might bring that theory. So, so I guess what would be assumed is that Adelaide switched her baby with the tethered baby, right? That's she, possible. I was so, thinking maybe so what just I somehow think happened, switched her out, but yeah, yeah, maybe they did happen. Because what I think could have happened, this is just my theory, now that you had brought that up, was that... Her child had burnt himself when he was real young, and she hid the fact from the father and 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 her daughter, right? And so she probably went back somehow, switched the child because she knew that her tether would have had a child too. She switched that child and left the burnt child with the tether. And so I think also what kind of stood out is when Red was there and she told them, um, "Don't burn our house down." And she started laughing as if she knew that Adelaide had switched her children. That shit threw me off. Because I, I was like, what is she talking about? And who is she talking to? Yeah. Well, she also knows he loves flame and he has that lighter that doesn't flick. Is there right. any way that she like emptied all the fuel out of that lighter so That's that he could saying. indulge it? Yeah. I, I was like, something's up with that. I was like, why can't he remember? Because I was like, they wouldn't keep bringing this up without it having to have a reason. And if you notice, it's not. At first, I was thinking, well. He'll do something like they, they're doing all these hints because they want us to know, like think, oh, like he finally got it, like it's an action movie. Yeah. But that wasn't the point. Also, the point was, he actually did know it, and he got flipped out. Mm-hmm. He actually doesn't know. He never performed it himself. He doesn't know how to do it. That's not is him. It, he's the tether. Also, how would a child like, burn his face down? No, there? it doesn't like the whole movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, how would the child even burn his face to begin with? If he was from the underground. Because if they had fire, then they wouldn't be eating raw rabbits. Yeah. Or would they have sense to even understand how to use fire? They might by now, because yeah, but but what? But that doesn't explain. And then it also might under, explain why, in a way, why the other one does not stand up straight like the other tethers. Maybe. What do you mean? Oh, like because you know, why would, he, why, he, wait, wait, why would that explain? For it? the most part, he walks on all fours. I get that, but why would that explain it? Because he's essentially human, right? Meaning that, like, if they if she switched them at a very young age, he may not have learned how to to walk correctly yet, just yet. You know what I'm saying? He may still be in a primal state, and being with the tethers wouldn't have been enough to to teach him how to um to move, walk, and talk, and act like a human in any kind of way possible. You know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I can think of some holes in that part. But the thing that actually made me wonder, though, like, I I think the the kids can control. I mean, it may be possible that both sides can just control each other somehow. It's we we the only 
one that we don't see exert any power over the other is Adelaide. And, I'm, okay, here's something that actually just threw me off. What did you guys think about why the original allowed herself to be killed? The original who? The original Adelaide. Cause she, so, at the, at the end of the film, near that, that big fight, she <laughs> could have killed the doppelganger at any time. She's dodging everything, you know. She's slashing it with the scissors, like, but she doesn't kill her. And I wasn't really sure why not. Like, I feel like I'm missing uh, something there. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was. I think she was just literally just trying to make her suffer. I, I think she could have killed her a long time ago, but she was trying to make her suffer up into the up into the very end. But also, I think she may have been willing to die and to be a martyr for um her particular cause. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And and that was another Maybe thing that's that, what it just martyred them. That was that's another thing that I had thought that was interesting that kind of hinted towards her being um actually from the surface realm was the um hearts across America. What's it called? Hands across America thing? Yeah. Like how would yeah. a tether know about that? Like if you were underground. And they do show at the beginning that she saw that as a child, so that made some type of impact on it. And then yep. there was also the the mentioning of God, how she felt like God brought them together. And I feel like if you were like this underground doppelganger person, why, how would you even know about God or anything spiritual and stuff? So it makes sense that like she may have learned something about God when she was a child or maybe even the Jeremiah eleven eleven, And And um, she felt like, okay. This is us about to bring retribution on the people above who have oppressed us for so long and so on and so forth. And then also the fact that she can speak English and none of the others. Yeah, that's kind of a giveaway. That's kind of a giveaway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> none of the others can. In retrospect, that shit didn't make crunch. any sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, and all of them just pretty much just grunting and stuff. And um, I thought the sister was the most creepiest one, though. Out of all the tethers, that was the most creepiest looking one. Cause she did not <laughs> stop smiling. Like even even in her death, she was still smiling. Like that one was will haunt your dreams. Like I couldn't imagine being hunted by a smiling version of myself. But, <laughs> yeah, you don't smile much as it is. <laughs> I smile on pictures. It yeah, be thrown, you, it be your smiling self off. would have a bunch of hair on his head and no facial hair. Yeah, like I I actually have a big smile. But um, so so I was thinking when I was watching this, I said, "Man, this man had to be high as hell when he wrote this script." Seriously, it's like he had to been sitting there like, you know, I want to make a horror movie that's about us versus them, but them is us. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's kind of funny to that this movie came out the weekend that the Mueller report was finally filed. It feels like. It feels oddly timely um, because, it, you know, so often you, you do see people have these conversations about, like I actually was having a conversation with a friend about this not too long ago. It feels like everything that's happening right now politically comes back to this shit about what people keep saying they deserve as if that word means anything when it comes to politics. Mm-hmm. So it's like you even hear people talk about, you know, blah, 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 deserve the right. And it's like deserving the right is if you say somebody deserves something, that means they deserve it over another person. When really, yeah. if you're talking about a right, it's inalienable in, in many cases. Like your right is your right. It, it Everybody has it. 
and that just that is what it is and everybody has a right to you know um live the best life they can and and um but you know when you talk about what people deserve it feels like a totally different conversation that feels like you get to this us versus them kind of mentality mm-hmm. and this question at this point from a sci-fi perspective is do clones like do they have uh, autonomy um and the thing is adelaide's doppelganger lives a regular life among humans and learns to kind of like you know early on she says well you know i'm not I'm not much of a talker, you know. I don't really like to talk too much. Blah, blah, blah. When she's talking to the other family on the beach, the, the other wife. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's like she's learned to assimilate and adapt and and make good and not, you know, kind of stand out too much. But she is a person. And if, you know, given the opportunity, she will, you know, blend in and, and be productive just like a regular person would. But, like, you know, what will we actually allow, you know, beings who aren't created or excuse me, are created in an artificial manner, those sorts of rights. I mean, it's an interesting question. Well, there's this total impression of like, we're the good people. Those people are animals like in America. Yes. We have the things that we have because we are good and we are chosen and whatever. And, those and we people, deserve them. We deserve it because I was born in this town. My grandfather lived in this town, whatever. And other people are trapped or something, mm-hmm. and they don't. Those are not mm-hmm. real and complete people. And then you see at the end of the movie, like, no, no, no. And they make, make totally, mention we are Americans. Yeah, this is nurture, not nature. Yes. If you switch them precisely, if you completely reverse their situations, they will end up exactly the same. I mean, it isn't. It isn't like it isn't like Adelaide was inherently better than Red, or Red was inherently better than Adelaide. Just whoever was in that situation was going to turn out that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the fact that you know regular humans can end up doing the same thing when a certain circumstance pops up. Yeah. So so for the most part, um, I, and I always felt this way about like when when we have like real good sci-fi stories um, like this that pretty much um, put a mirror to society. So did did you guys get get anything from that? Like for me. I think one thing it made me think about is like, um, not too long ago, I went to a homeless shelter. And one of the first things that I couldn't really put into words, but the first thing that I thought about was these people that's here are my age. They look like yeah. me. Like, what, what, what separates me from them? You know what I mean? It, it's a paycheck. You know what I'm saying? It's the fact these people work just the same way as I work, if not harder. The only difference is that it could be, you know, something that happened in their childhood. It could just be some quick change in their life or, you know, in a way, some most of most of Americans are only a paycheck away from being homeless. And then it made me look at myself like I was raised up pretty well. Like my, you know, my dad had a decent job. He was a chef. My mom was an RN. Um, so certain struggles that certain people had, I didn't I didn't have to go through, you know. But I, my life could have turned out completely different if I was raised up in a different household and um, so on and so forth. And that's kind of like what I got from that. Just like what you said with Adelaide, if um, if the roles were switched, she was able to be a productive member of society. 
Well, she was mad because she was like, "Why didn't you take me with you?" You're talking about the um the one that she left behind. Well, yeah, well, Adam, like the original. But, but, she but said. the original said that. But at the same time, because when I say the original, I mean the one who's planning everything, the one who was on the surface to begin with. The one she who, said, "She said all I was thinking is, why didn't you take me with you?" Exactly. And I think one of the things that I kind of took from that too is that like. Rather, you're. It, it's always in in America. It's like a doggy dog type of society. Yep. So it's either you're the one that's winning or you're the one that's losing. Like nobody's gonna pick you up and carry you. You know what I mean? Like yep. e- even if you hint towards um, anything that sounds somewhat like okay, like let's disperse. Like there shouldn't be some people up here that's like billionaires. Why is people? living on the streets underneath bridges and stuff. People would lose their mind yeah. if, they, if, if they had to give out some of their money just to help out those in need. You know what I mean? And so I Because think, the people who have the money deserve it, and the people who don't have it don't deserve it. Exactly. And, that, and that's the mantra of people who believe in stuff like Ayn Rand. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let the market do what it will. They'll always take care of you and put the stuff in airplanes that won't kill people. They'll put that first, trust me. Yeah. Anyway. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it's also like, in that movie, when you think about it, the government were the one who created these clones. We don't know what they created them for. Well, but it's kind of like... But, but in the most vague terms, it was to control the people on the surface, whatever that meant. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of the film, but in terms of real life, it does feel oftentimes like the poor people are the boogeyman of what you could be if you don't strap up your boots and believe in these principles kind of thing. I think what they were trying to do, um, it was kind of like what the daughter had hinted at, is that they, um, how the government puts fluoride in water to control people. I think what they were trying to do was use the clones to give suggestions to the clones and therefore affect the people on the surface. Oh shit! And, um, Damn, it felt like a it felt like a cold war idea or something that yeah. they just abandoned, like some Stranger Things shit. Yeah. There's one of other things happening in Stranger Things universe that just we don't realize it's connected yet, but it's all the same place. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I, I think I've heard somebody say this before. Like, if you were gonna connect, get out to us get out the procedure, the coagula, and get out was the successful version of, like, what they were trying to do in us. Like, whereas yeah. us was the fulfilled, was the failed experience, um, the co- coagula was a more, um, uh, more successful procedure in a sense. Um, but it's also, like, makes me think about our society in a sense, how the people who are considered to be um, the undesirable people, whether it's um, minorities or whether it's the homeless or immigrants or whatever, they they exist because the government, in a, in one way or another, created them, and then at the same time abandoned them. Like our whole country was built up on immigrants, but now they the yeah, most well, undesirable and, and then people the, in the having immigrants, and then the um. Man, I, I, I'm not good on my, my like pasty way to put this, but the slaughter of the natives, yeah. uh, making them the other, the people in red in this case. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, like it, it's really, 
you know, it, it does make you want to say Jordan Peele really had a, a great way to tell the story of like how the people who are of the majority and kind of setting the staple for, I guess, how and in the benchmark for our principles morally need to take a deeper look inside about how we approach that. Um, because oftentimes, you know, by trying to keep the status quo, we actually end up with a situation where it eventually comes back to bite us in the ass, whether it's in the next year or some decades later, that, you know, history is going to come back and, you know, it'll rim shot somehow. It's just a matter of what the shape of it is when it happens. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes back to that, um, that scripture of Jeremiah eleven eleven. Yeah. And that, and pretty much, um, that retribution coming down on mankind for, like they sins and the transgressions and stuff. So you know, this kind of reminds me that I, this is a real thing that happened. I saw, and again, you know, the science how how close it is actually doing this or not is is one thing. But there was a headline that said that uh, scientists will be able to clone dinosaurs in the next five years. And somebody quoted Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic <laughs> Park when it was like, you know, they were so concerned with whether they could, they weren't thinking about whether they should. They should. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> no. It's like, that's kind of not, hey, dog, maybe one of these things is more important than the other. I mean, oh. And that's, that's why certain stories like this exist. Like, I feel like when people write great sci-fi stories like this, it's almost like a foresight based off how society is going, like, the route that we're heading towards, you know? Like, we see a lot of that in Black Mirror, which a lot of those episodes seem very obscure and, like, out of out of this world, but shit, it'd it be feeling like we heading towards some of those situations, you know. So yeah. when does um the CBS version of Twilight Zone led by Jordan Peele come out? Is oh, that that's thought? really happening? Yeah. I know they've showed a couple episodes to critics and people have told me they're really, really good. Um wow. so I think it's pretty soon. Wow. Yeah, we need to uh, get on that list. Um, yeah. see, if we, yeah, see if we can review some of those bad boys. But so I, I really, I'll say this, man. Like I, I think he has a real. I mean, this is a really good run. I mean, it's two movies, but but those are some impressive movies, man. Like, um, I mean, this this is, you know, one thing I do want to mention, man. Like, I really am so ready for. What do we want to call it? Like uh, critical media or whatever. Whoever all these people are without black journalists present. Like the saying that when black movies do well, that it's a stunning thing to see. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) I mean, particularly with this guy who just put out a really cold film. I mean, I I think now, you know, he is kind of, um, you know, look, you can feel like he's going to have a good opening weekend. I, I don't think that's like really a shock anymore yeah. and i think we're gonna see more and more films out by you know more diverse creators you know doing all kind of stuff and i'm really happy to see like some of these things that are more out of box i thought it was really um interesting to watch on screen on the big screen a depiction of a black family that was you know you know had like the, the corny dad and like the mom which just wasn't really weird and the kids just acting normal like but they're like upper middle class corny like it's not like i don't know in any particular stereotype we normally have is i mean it's it's stupid as it seems 2019 that's still kind of rare for us you yeah. know 
in, in American media. Yeah, yeah, that is. It's, I don't know. It was dope. Like I like the whole film, even from the cinematography to the music. I mean, hey, just I hate we fact. didn't get more into that. Tim, you wrote this great story, man, about uh, I Got Five on it. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, just the fact that we got I Got Five on it. <laughs> Playing it was just like, hey man, oh, check man. check out this story on the rap. Like I learned so much shit I didn't know about like how that that song came together and the way it functions with the film. I mean, great job by the way. Just really really good work. Re- I'm reading that right now. <laughs> we used to talk. We used to talk so much in college when that came out about how impassioned that dude is when he's like, "Let's go half on a sack." He's like so emotional. Yeah, and we're like, why <laughs> is that? And then, and then to have. To have the movie come out and finally give that incredible song its due and have so many people like to go back and discover that so many people have really researched this song who I just, you know, borrowed stuff from um, is incredible. Like, I really, I really love seeing that this music that came out when I was, you know, 19, 20, that I thought my friends and I are like the only people who like this, which is totally wrong, but we didn't have the internet, so we didn't know. Yeah. To now see that get like worldwide recognition and respect is awesome because that is an incredible song. It's a great song, but god damn, it's on so many commercials now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like it can, like the trailer came out and then suddenly that song's everywhere. I'm like, oh my god, like guys, I get it. Like I feel like I'm kind of in a meta version of the us verse. Like they're trying to like <laughs> condition me to hear the song enough where eventually I hear it backwards and then I like start doing something I wouldn't normally do. <laughs> like what was it the Simpsons episode where they like joined the Navy but they were singing it backwards so it was Enonet Niaj <laughs> <laughs> it's it it just like got me going back over like every 1993 1995 hip hop song where I was like this song never got its due like my playing tricks <laughs> on me never got its due why didn't this that isn't this recognition, and I've seen a lot of articles and tweets about that now, where people are like, "Here's the other songs they should do," mm. and couldn't agree more. It, it's fantastic, man. I'm, I'm just really happy this movie exists, and and I can't wait to see what comes next, whether it's a sequel to us or just whatever other weird sci-fi suspense thriller horror thing you want to throw at us. Um, I'm all for it. I, I'm I'm now a guy who got to go see his movies every opening weekend. That's just gonna be my standard going forward. I, I believe in this this uh, this creative mind, and also the people he chooses to work with. I mean, we didn't talk about this, but great acting all around. Man, geez, that was really exciting, really impactful, and I just cannot wait to see what he does next. Um, yeah, I hate which, when people are like, "They need the Oscar," but she needs the Oscar. Yeah, yeah she needs the Oscar. That was crushing, crushing, um, crushing, crushing. Speaking of which, before we go, I don't know if you have you guys heard about that. Um, that that rumor, I don't know how true it was, but him pitching to Disney a um, Gargoyles film. Man, I, I ain't talking about that. Don't don't be trying to give me hype for some shit hey, that ain't gonna happen. I'm dead serious. Like I I, I mean I've it's it's out there. That that's out there the same way rumors of the Mueller report are. I'm gonna just wait until I get some confirmation. Man, you got to really see it, man. That would be pretty dope. If that, that if that happens, man. <laughs> you know, I still got I got gargoyles um, on DVD, and I can still sit there and watch it, and it's just like so good. And if you get that Jordan Peele treatment, man, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. 
But hey, um, man, don't 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 stretch yourself out too thin, uh, Jordan. Man, we love your stuff. I mean, he got so many projects going there. Like it's crazy. He's like, and I'm sure enjoying every piece of it. But you know, but you if know, Disney let you make gargoyles, <laughs> if Disney make you do gargoyles, do gargoyles. Drop everything and just do gargoyles. So. I don't know. That that's our message to Jordan Peele tonight. Uh, I'm just excited to get these X Men rights back so they can do a real good X Men movie. But uh, I'll drop it. X Men, fine. I seen enough X Men. Uh, I want gargoyles now. I'm just, but, <laughs> but for real though, like if if uh, I'm, I'm X Men burnt out now, so oh my no, god, why can't I think of this man's Hugh name Jackman right now? Uh, the the guys are playing Wolverine for decades now. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Yeah, if Hugh Jackman Hugh, Hugh jumps Jackman out of a out of the Tesseract and stabs Thanos in the eye, I'm gonna lose my shit next month. Jackman is dead. <laughs> let's let's get this on. Hey, it's still a Tesseract. Look. I'm talking about Avengers Endgame at this point. But anyway. If if they were to get people on board with the Fox Disney merger, that's exactly what they should do. Yeah. They're not going to. Yeah, that's not going to. <laughs> that's definitely not gonna happen. But one could dream. But gargoyles though. That's what we need. <laughs> Get back to but, the real um, story. That's the Go real on. story. But um, but anyway, I think we we covered enough today. We we about to get on that um that Margo. It's time to say goodbye to everybody. Um, sing "I Love You," "You Love Me," and just call it a night. So, um, did you guys have anything <laughs> else y'all want to add? Hey man, go see the movie. If you ain't seen it, go see it. Go tell your friends to see it. You know, do do some theory discussions. Uh, prove that I'm right about Jason. Um. You know, other than that, you know, uh, come back for the next one. Uh, we, we we do other podcasts as well. Tim, Tim yeah, does hey, just now. Uh, well, let me let me just cut in and say, when you're done with this one, I mean, you want to give it the five stars. Obviously, you want to subscribe, but then you're like, how do I get two thirds of the people on this podcast? You go to Meanwhile <laughs> Multiverse, and you listen to Aaron and Keith and listen to all those episodes. And then after that, if you still want to come around, you can check out my other podcast. Shoot this now. This is really really dope. And they both do totally different things from what we do here in some ways. Um, and you'll really, really love everything going on with Shoot This Now. The episode before this one that they just put out Friday was about Tim's covering of the Michael Jackson trial from what year was that? 2003? I think that's right. 2005. Yeah. Damn. God, time flies, man. Jesus Christ. Anyway, really great article and kind of a look back on everything after some of these more recent allegations with Jackson and that most recent Neverland doc. Um, so great stuff all around. Um, as Tim said, please um, share the pod, give us a follow, all that good jazz, and uh, please come back for the next one uh, a week from now. Okay. So so I guess that's it, guys. Um, if you If nobody has seen Gargoyles, by the way, Go back and watch this. This is probably is one of the good? best things Disney has ever made. So, just so y'all know, apparently Keith's become a contractor for Disney marketing. Look, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> Keith, forget, Keith definitely owns the right to Gargoyles. I'm just saying, forget, forget <laughs> Lion King for a moment. Forget Aladdin, Toy Story, Gargoyles. But anyway, with that, we're out of here. All right, I'll let y'all in the next one.